0: Welcome to the Fundraising Elevator, where we're all headed up. This podcast is a production of ElevateNonprofit.com, an online learning platform for fundraising event professionals. We're coming to you today from the studios of the AV department. Please welcome our hosts, Kristen Steele and Samantha Swain. Well, Renee, we are so glad you're here with us.
1: Welcome to the Fundraising Elevator. We are here to talk about growth mindset, about abundance, about abundology. Um, So many of our nonprofit friends live in a scarcity mindset. I mean, the title alone, the nonprofit sector says scarcity in it. (laughs) And we really want to talk about how to make that shift, especially when it comes to aligning nonprofit missions and fundraising together. So Renee, thank you for
2: being with us today. Oh, thank you guys for having me. You know, I've known you now. I want to say like 20 years. And I just love the crazy. two of you. So this is that's super crazy. fun to get together and talk. Yes. Yes. Well,
1: Kristen, why don't you do a formal introduction and then we can jump in on how to move to abundance.
3: All right. Renee Spears is a renowned spiritual life and business mentor and spirit guide channeler known for her unique approach to guiding individuals toward personal, professional, and spiritual growth. With a talent for tapping into her clients' potential, Renee assists them in discovering their purpose and achieving abundance. She is the host of the Abundology podcast, offering valuable insights on spirituality, personal growth, and abundance. Renee, thank you for being here.
2: (laughs) Thank you guys again for having me.
3: In our conversation the other day, you said, what we focus on increases. So let's focus on the good shit. And we could not agree with you more. So for our fundraising superheroes out there,
2: what is the good shit? Well, and there's so much good shit with nonprofits. <laughs> you know true. what I mean? They're doing, true. they thank goodness for nonprofits or where would our world be without, you know, without them. True. Exactly. You know, but the good stuff is that good work that you're doing, you know, um, all the people that you're working with, the causes that you're helping, the environment, the animals, the people, the arts, whatever it may be. And then really the good stuff is your purpose-driven life. Nobody gets into nonprofits to become millionaires, <laughs> you know? It's true, it's kind of you in the title. You get into it, so for your soul, for your soul work and having a purpose in your life. And often I think that we forget that, we forget why we got into it in the first place. Oh, uh, So true,
3: mm-hmm. yeah, exactly.
2: And it's easy to focus on um, what's not working too, as people, as humans you know and i think in nonprofits too you know it's often on the budget you know so much of the focus is on the budget yes. and the money yeah. we don't have yeah even when you put on events and you know say your goal is to raise 300,000 and you raise 275 you know often that focus then is on the 25,000 you didn't raise mm. instead of the <laughs> 275 that you did raise you speak you know. our language. <laughs> you speak our
3: language. Both personally and uh-huh. professionally, I'll add. Yeah, I, It's exactly. funny. We had an organization
1: that we had this really heart-to-heart conversation mm. with because of that exact same thing. They had the previous year raised about $100,000 at their event. This year, they had set this audacious goal of growing their event to three hundred. And they landed at 280,000 and they were all so disheartened that they didn't close the gap of that 20. I'm like, you more than (laughs) double and you're almost tripled your fundraising. And this is just an opportunity to like have a close the gap campaign afterwards. Mm -hmm. But what an incredible job. I mean, like leaps and bounds above last year's fundraising. But again, the shift often just as pulled toward what we don't have or what we didn't do. Is that like just like natural within our brains? Do we like gravitate to the bad instead of the good?
2: You know, I think as humans, we tend to do that. You know, we tend to, even if we're looking at ourselves in the mirror, you know, we don't look at our beautiful eyes. We're looking at maybe our pouchy stomach or something, you know, we tend to focus on what needs improvement. And so there's some good parts of that, but it also really can throw us out of alignment. And yeah. and and focusing more on what we don't have brings our vibe down. Yeah. So if you want to make more money, just appreciate the money that you already have. If yeah. they, um, whomever, is, is focuses on the money that they have made from the event and how successful they were and how great that makes them feel, that will in turn attract more money.
1: Well, give me like the practical how-to of that yeah. because I think that like I said, the name alone, like the word nonprofit alone teaches us to live in a place of scarcity. Our goal is not to make a profit. <laughs> I think to some people, you know, like my parents have said, Why do you work in the nonprofit sector? How are you going to like eat? I'm like, Well, people can make money. Like <laughs> we can all have an affordable cost of living in the nonprofit sector. The goal though is that our revenue is going to our mission. And so when we think about the structures, we are just taught scarcity, 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 scarcity in the nonprofit world. So what's a practical way that we actually start to shift to abundance? Like how do we do that?
2: Well, and you're right, Sam, you know, it's just a tax way that you're the business is taxed. Yeah. Either, you know, the profits are going to the shareholders or the owner of the company or in the, the case of nonprofit to the, to the cause, yeah. whatever their mission may be. That's it, that's the only difference. So I think it would serve everybody well if we looked at running nonprofits more like a business. And what has happened in the past, um, I don't know, two or three decades is business has dramatically transformed.
1: Yeah. It's transformed
2: online. It's transformed with social media, you know, doing virtual events, all of that. And a lot of the nonprofit world has not caught up. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and one of the big ways that businesses have shifted in is how they do business, having a a really strong company culture, Mm -hmm. Um, working more on abundance thinking, Mm -hmm. Um, big picture thinking where nonprofits haven't quite caught up to that yet. Mm -hmm. We're still in the how can we bootstrap this together stage. Yeah. Yeah. So if we can start with just that fundamental belief that we're going to be successful at that we're going to be successful we're going to do what we need to do whatever it is that we need to do we're, if we could just start with that often nonprofits start with thinking they're in the hole because there's some sort of need that they that we that they feel yeah and that kind of can drag you down like oh god we're already starting behind the ball right where well, businesses when they start is kind of a flat we're starting from zero and we're growing from there nonprofits think we're starting in the hole and we got to just get back to zero before we can even move forward
3: well, and what's interesting, too, to think about, you know, if I'm I'm an individual in an organization, I'm like, okay, I'm done with scarcity. I'm going to sort of start focusing in on the abundance pieces to continue to manifest more of that. That becomes a contagious thing. Mm. You know, when you, you were just talking about sort of culture within organizations, that that has the potential to change culture within organizations. And I think that can, I think sometimes folks keep waiting for a top-down in that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yet are are the ones sort of in the trenches, perhaps even having all of the contact with donors. And so that scarcity mindset is not locked into just your organization. That starts to bleed. And that starts to bleed into your relationships with the pieces that are your revenue, which right. are your donors and your sponsors and and what that looks like. And so um, I I think the power that individuals have in that gets lost.
2: I think you're right. And if we if we can once again, take something from the business world, what they understand is people buy energy. Mm-hmm. They buy something that makes them gonna feel a certain way. You buy a new pair of jeans and you look confident and your butt looks good in those jeans. <laughs> and you, know, you yep. feel really yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how nonprofits tend to work. So if we're thinking about attracting more money, um, and this is not conscious, this is subconscious. Mm. We're, yeah. we're purchasing on, on how we feel and how energy is. And like energy attracts like energy. So if the people reaching out to your donors or your sponsors are low-vibing people, they're not going to be attracting the high-vibing people with the money. Mm.
1: Interesting. Just, there's, yeah. no, there's
2: no attraction there. It's funny, I start to think
1: about, it just makes me think about some of my interactions with some of the organizations we support and the ones that we give the most to and the ones that we're like the most invested in, they have that vibe. It is like, we're celebrating all of our wins. We're celebrating all the success. And, you know, you think about in this world right now, especially, you know, I think in this Challenging time post COVID, so many people are still living without homes. We have so many social service organizations that are working to address housing, food scarcity, you know, a lot of big important needs for people. And because there is still a challenge in the world and there's still people that need housing, sometimes they forget to speak to what they've actually done. And I think of like, we have a partner who said to us, the work is slow, but it is working. We know of over a thousand people that got housed just in the past month alone. We know that our in- like calls and support have increased two and a half times, and that's a very different story as a donor to hear those yeah. successes than hearing about those gaps or the needs that still exist. You know, you don't want to paint such a rosy picture that people think, oh, no need to help anymore. Yes. But the reality is we are making headway and we are moving that needle. And I think we forget to celebrate those things.
2: And once again, if what we're focusing on grows, we want to focus on the good work that we're doing. Yeah. You know, the people that we have housed, the things that we have done. Yeah. And that feeling, that energy makes me want to give. Oh, okay. I want to I want part of that. I want to feel like I'm part of the solution. Versus, oh, there's the million other people we haven't helped yet. And oh, that doesn't that doesn't light me up. That brings my energy down. And I don't want that vibe. There's that I know that you we've all seen them, those commercials online um or on TV with the dogs and the dogs are outside and they're shivering. I think it's a Sarah McLaughlin song that's Oh, playing. yes, yes, yes. I can't even watch that thing. Like I will turn the TV off during that because it just makes me feel so horrible. Yeah. Yeah. The reverse is if there was dogs, when we've all seen the videos, you know, on Instagram too, the dogs find a home and then they find Uh their forever home and they're happy (laughs) and they're smiling in the car. Just those two energies right there is a good comparison. Focusing on the one that makes you feel good.
3: Yeah. So I think, conceptually sort of saying like, focus on what you want to manifest uh-huh. and and shift your mindset from scarcity oh, to so abundance, hard. right? <laughs> it does. And I think, you know, we all, I, I want to embrace and make room for the fatigue that yeah. our nonprofit friends also experience in doing the work with less or not what they need sometimes or getting no's or what of that. So I'm wondering, Renee, if you can speak a little bit to the channels of abundance and how how our friends can take those into interactions with donors.
2: Well, I do want to talk about gratitude. Yeah, um,
3: yeah absolutely. Because
2: nothing like gratitude to shift your energy it's the quickest and easiest way to shift Mm -hmm. and as we know everything starts with the person we'd like to think we're going to come up with this great 10-point plan and bring in all this money and then everything will be okay and it doesn't quite work like that (laughs) it actually works the opposite way that you each individual person feels fulfilled and, and grateful for their lives. And then that spreads to their coworkers. Um, we would also like to think that it starts from the top down and yeah, that would be great, but let's be real. That doesn't always happen. Yeah. So we as people are responsible for how we are showing up in yeah. the energy we are bringing yeah. to the party. So gratitude is absolutely the easiest, fastest way to raise your your vibe and to raise your energy. So I do a gratitude practice every morning. Um, okay. One more thing on the to-do list. No, it's really easy. (laughs) I just take three things that I'm grateful for that day. And for instance, this morning, my home was on one of them. So it's not just, I'm grateful for my home. It's why I'm grateful for it. Mm -hmm. It's warm and it's safe. You know, I live across the street from a park and, you know, I can walk my dogs to the park. I love my neighbor's. You know, I live close to downtown. I can uh, go downtown. I have lots of windows and lots of light, you know, so the reasons why you love things. So that took what, maybe 30 seconds to do that. Right. So you could you could do three things a day. That would be an excellent start. And then one thing at night, and you don't need to write this down. So every night before I go to bed, I will think back through my day of like, what was the best thing that happened to me today? Hmm. You know, and so by doing that, I'm bringing forward all the great things that happened. Well, gosh, this person let me cut in line at the grocery store. Oh, my goodness. I got this extra bonus from a client. Oh, it could be this. It could be lunch with my kids. So while I'm thinking about all these great things right before I go to bed, my energy is raised. So there's two times of the day that kind of set your energy for that day. First thing in the morning and then right before we go to bed. So those are two energetic set points for the day.
1: I love that. That's very like easy, digestible, practical way to move things forward. You work with a lot of businesses. On I do coaching them on how to make this shift. I imagine, especially you work with probably a lot of small businesses, small non- or you know small business owners that. Live in that world of there's just many hats. And I think that that's something our nonprofits experience too. I often liken that our nonprofits are very much in alignment with small businesses. How do you stop, or how do you help a client stop that spin when they're in that place of, I just don't know, I just don't have enough, we're just not getting there? We just like, how do you help to shift that mindset for them?
2: And I think really we're starting to talk about people's personal and spiritual work, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So what we, how we are as people is how we show up in the world is how we show up at work. Yeah. Yep. Like we're all human. We all spin at some point. Yeah. So it's immediate. It's um, important that once you notice that you immediately stop and fix it. This is not <laughs> something that could wait till five o'clock when you get off work or tomorrow when, you know, the, the weekend starts. You've got to stop immediately. And that spinning is actually energy inside your body that's spinning around. That's anxiety in there or that spinning thing. So we have to move that energy physically out of your body. Mm. So stopping, recognizing, oh, gosh, I am spinning. And then the the easiest thing to do is to just go for a walk. Like Mm -hmm. if you're at work, go outside, walk around the block. You know, I know people don't have this opportunity to do it very often, but um, since I work from home and work for myself, the thing that shifts me the quickest is cleaning my house, oh. getting the vacuum <laughs> out, <laughs> getting the vacuum out and like physically moving the vacuum, mm-hmm. putting on some energy, mm-hmm. you know, some good music and moving the energy out of your body. So you've just
3: defined me. Uh-huh. <laughs> I do like, I make that more sense familiar. to you? Now, Sam? Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm like, wait, I've seen that angry vacuuming (laughs) spin. (laughs) I love it. Well, I think that the the idea of focusing on gratitude is really sort of that idea that you shared with us previously, that what you focus on is what grows. And so I love that there's these practical applications where for someone who hasn't practiced abundance before, can think about just a couple of easy things with like a early morning gratitude practice, a before bed, what, what happened today, and then breaking the cycle of spin in order to focus on things that you're grateful for, just to shift that energy and stop that energy. Those feel like very doable applications for folks. Um,
3: Yeah.
2: I I I also think,
3: sorry, uh, I want to make space that they may also not, right? Like I don't, I don't wanna naysay but I also know that stepping into this idea for folks may feel super distant. Yeah. May feel super hard and may feel but you've gotten this far in the podcast. Let's <laughs> all keep going. No, I just I just want to honor that. Like I don't know that I have the answer to that, but um, I think sometimes even just entertaining the thought for a little while is a, mm-hmm. is a start. Even if it doesn't mean that you're putting everything into practice, yeah. just being open potentially to the idea of perhaps I can energetically impact what's going on around me. That's mm-hmm. that's a huge recognition. power shift and yeah. recognition for people potentially, even if they can't get into all of the weeds of how that manifests or what I can do to make – like. That can be, like, levels in the video game, right? But but that initial <laughs> yeah. idea and coming to the table of understanding, like, oh, I have agency. Yeah. that's That can be huge. Can I mean, huge. I, I feel like in our sector, we are often in conversations with people who have been told they don't have agency. Yeah. And they've ingested that in such a way that now that's how they see themselves. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to honor for folks who are like, okay cool. (laughs) And still, here's my list. Here's this, that even just starting to name that there could be a potential different path and what that looks like is huge. So thank you. Thank you for getting this far in the podcast and thank you for entertaining the thought.
2: Well, and that is a big shift on how we live as humans too, from feeling like we don't have power to recognizing, oh, well, wait, We're the ones that are in control of our lives. We're the ones that are dictating how our lives, that is a big shift to make. It is not like do three things in the morning for gratitude and you get there. (laughs) This is some people's (laughs) lifelong spiritual practice is to get from where they are to realizing, oh, I'm creating my life. That's a big jump. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Well,
1: Let's pause on that note for folks for a second, <laughs> so that we can hear from some of our partners. Yeah. I think um, just evaluating and thinking about those little things are can be really impactful and and big. So when we come back, Renee, I want to talk to you a little bit more about how you've seen that play out for folks and what the impact has been. So Great. we'll be
0: right back. At Elevate believe in bringing people together. Our online learning platform for fundraising events has webinars, workshops, downloadable tools, and more designed to save you time and stress when planning your next event. We're getting nonprofit, development, and event planning professionals the tools and ideas they need to create events that inspire donors and raise more money. So join us at elevatenonprofit.com. The link is also in our show notes.
1: Well, welcome back to the Fundraising Elevator. We're here with Renee Spears of Abundology. Um, Renee, I listen to your podcast every Sunday. It like sets the <laughs> tone and intention for my week. And we wanted to invite you here because we've been friends for so long and have known of your business growth, your trajectory, and now your consulting practice with Abundology. And I wanted to ask you if you could talk a little bit about how an abundance mindset was a big shift for you. What was the game changer for you? You used to be a, you've owned multiple businesses. Yep. Talk to us a little bit about how the shift in abundance impacted your businesses.
2: Well, um, as you guys know, I owned a mortgage company for about 20 years and about 10 years into it, I was like, is this it? You know, is this all there is? Is It's just making money, you know, but it was not fulfilling. Yeah. And and it got to the point where I thought, you know, I'd rather do pretty much anything else than this. Mm. And so you don't just quit a business that you own and is a successful and, and all of that. So I realized once again that it the change had to start with me. Mm. So we, before this, we always had a company meeting once a month and we would focus on our numbers. How many loans did we close? How much money did we make? All of that. I was totally over that. <laughs> so, and I shifted everything to like, How do we wanna feel? Are we happy? Do we feel successful? Do you know, are we happy to get up in the morning? Do we love what we're doing? And that we never ever talked again about how many loans we closed or how much money we made from that point forward. It was always about how can we be better people? How can we have inner peace? How do we get to inner peace? So the the focus completely shifted, which one lit me up because then I was happy to go to work. Um, but the amazing thing was then without focusing on money in that one year that we, uh, the pilot program, I call it, we doubled the amount of our revenue in one year. Oh my goodness. <laughs> shocking, shocking. But I'm going to say more than that, because life is a lot more than a, you know money, is my people were happy. They were happy yeah. to come to work. We were happy to hang out with each other. We were happier, which then made our clients happier. They could feel our vibe. And they, you know, once I heard, I can't tell you how many times I've heard, we want what they have. Uh huh. -huh. (laughs) We just wanna work with them and be around them. The mortgage is secondary. So, you know, quality of life, what dollar amount do you put on that? What dollar amount can you put on inner peace? Yeah. And so yes, revenue doubled and yes, maybe inner peace quadrupled. I don't know. How mm-hmm. do you how do you measure that? But
1: yeah. And how long in was that duration for you? Like, what was the evolution of your team members? Did they look at you like, you're what? You want to talk to us about what? What about the numbers? Like, what was that team conversation like? Yeah.
0: Well,
2: probably the first time they're like, Renee's lost it, I, you know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but then as they started to see their lives change, And we were focusing on, you know, how do you feel today? How was this month? Did you enjoy your month? Were you able to take time with your family? And shifting kind of the numbers that we were tracking days off, days of happiness, Mm. waking up, feeling good in the morning. When you can start tracking those things, then they're like, wait a second, we're kind of on to something. I think we did a book that first year. I think it was maybe like the happiness book or I'm sorry, I don't remember the title of it right now. But each each month we kind of did a chapter on what brings happiness into your life, and then we did the exercises in that. Amazing. So after yeah, after the first year though, I mean they were sold, totally sold. You know, it just like transformed your culture as an organization. It transformed our culture, but it transformed us as people. Mm-hmm. We were better parents. We were better partners. You know, we were better coworkers, better employees, better loan officers.
1: You know, Mm -hmm. it's funny. We worked with you at Rose City Mortgage. We process mortgage with mortgages for our, you know, we bought and sold a home with you in a very short period of time. Um, And in that process, there was definitely like something that could be scary, something that could be uh, um, an unknown and uncertain, felt really uh, supported and confidence because of your confidence. Like Mm -hmm. the team that we worked with at Rose City was bringing us not only expertise, but they were bringing joy, excitement. Like, they were more excited about our new house than we were. Like, they they saw the opportunity it was going to open for us. And that brought us, you know, more sort of desire to support you all in your business. I mean, the amount of, like, referrals we started mm-hmm. sending your way and the amount of people we started talking to about, do you know about these folks at Rose City? They're amazing. Um, and that just... It bleeds into that idea that when you're leading with heart and connection and gratitude and abundance, it just brings more of that energy your way. And I witnessed it in working with you for sure. Well,
2: thank you. Also, from a metaphysical level, back out a little bit and hang with me with the spiritual stuff here. Yeah. Yeah. Like energy attracts like energy. Ha people with a lot of money, abundant people have often very high vibing energy. Mm-hmm. So if you want to work with people with that and attract them, you've got to raise your energy to match them. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I think we did more transactions, but the, the quality of client that we were attracting was yeah. different, you know, more understanding, more gracious, you know, more money buying bigger houses. So it's, we, you know, we kind of get into linear thinking sometimes in business and it does, it's not really how business works. Yeah. yeah. You know, if we're thinking about this, um, Renee, why aren't you spending more time focusing on the numbers? Well, really I was just in a, not a linear way. I retained all, everybody that worked for me for 10 to 15 years. I had no turnover.
1: Yeah, that's so amazing. So we're looking
2: at bo- how that affects, affects your bottom line. You know, we know how much turnover costs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also advertising. I never paid for any advertising. We would just go out into the the community and do our thing. And, you know, we would let TV stations know we were doing it and for free. They would come and, and you know, talk to us and follow us and talk about what we were doing. The dollar amount of that was, I don't even know, in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, what does a TV spot cost? Yeah, absolutely. So there's there's other benefits that you don't see if you're thinking linear.
3: Yeah, and I think what's interesting, too, to think about our nonprofit friends and their organizations that I think often at the heart of some of the internal strife Mm -hmm. is that um, sort of Paradigm dislocation, right that's sort of things not lining up within organizations around that idea of who are we? Mm, yeah, who do we want to be with clients with donors with you know and and I think so depending on who a sponsor or a donor or whomever speaks to in the organization, sometimes they get different vibes, right? Yeah. Or, or sort of have a different resonance with. And so when that dislocation is causing turnover, if the people you're turning over are the people who are vibing with your donors and sponsors, you know, we t- we're we talking about there's sort of, uh, I don't want to call it an epidemic, but there's a very strong wave happening in development departments yeah. within the nonprofit sector of turnover yeah. and retention and what that looks like, that this could be something to employ that that helps sort of bring things into alignment within within organizations a little bit. Well, and then it starts with the personal and then yeah. leads into the professional
1: of that, like spiritual work, the, the abundance work, the gratitude work. I think that um, this plays out strategically in events all the time, Renee. When we're producing fundraising events, we have had organizations that speak to the successes and speak to their celebrations and will raise head over hand over fist more money than those who speak to the deficits and the needs. But the other thing that shows up in events is that when we ask people for donation, we frequently are executing on something called a paddle raise where people raise their paddle in demonstration of their support And if we ask folks to give and no one raises their paddle, you can visibly see the audience like (laughs) fold their arms and pull back. And you can hear it. The air just kind of sucks out of the room. But as soon as that first paddle goes up and then that second paddle, it creates this sense of like, I want to be a part of that. This feels successful. This feels abundant. Yeah. And um, the energy and the excitement that people have about giving and being a part of something, can just grow exponentially when you have the sort of first couple of gifts lined up in in your fundraising, and when you're all speaking to the positive impacts and the results that you're having from that place of gratitude and celebration versus from the place of need, 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 need. And so I think these are important lessons and important sort of concepts to think about, not just in the personal, but how then that informs what we're doing in our professional world.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, our energy affects other people so much more than we realize that it does. Yeah. You know, one person in an organization with really positive energy can shift the whole organization. Oh, that's interesting to think about. You love that person to be in charge, but, you know, (laughs) that doesn't often happen. Yeah. But you, no matter what your role is, if you're showing up in your power, in your positivity, you have the um, effect on shifting everybody else in that organization.
1: It's funny to think about it that way, because so often we talk about like one bad apple spoiling the barrel to think about like one really good apple bringing everyone else up is a really awesome (laughs) shift to think about. And I've witnessed that and experienced it. I mean, we've had teams we've been working with that when someone comes on board and just has that like high vibing energy, the whole team is working more effectively together and like, more excited about showing up every day.
2: Yeah, it's so true. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, and I think too, kind of what we're we're pushing up against here a little bit, without being prescriptive, is that the prof- personal and the professional are not as siloed as sometimes we would really like them to be. Right. right? <laughs> it's sort of like mm, five o'clock. I'm done. Yes, perhaps with the task list or the email or whatever the thing is. But but that there's. That there's a much thinner veil between those two. And one, we I think we often are acutely aware of the professional impacting the personal, right? Not being able to walk away, not being able to go on vacation. Right. right? Like but but again, sort of what we focus on comes comes to light. Like what happens if we shift those proportions and really look at how does my personal Mm. start to cloud and take over and really amplify my professional, which I think is a little bit of, of what we're, we're really sort of exploring here. Like, what does that look like for you to be living your why and your personal mission? And if you could do that in a way that the organization you've chosen to give your time and treasure to and their mission, what if all that was in
2: alignment and they became extensions of each other? Yeah. That's powerful. It's very powerful. and I think that that's one thing that business right now is got down is authenticity. Mm-hmm. Like if we're talking about kind of the next decade and where this is shifting in business is authenticity, which starts with the people working for us, being able to be their authentic selves. Yeah, being able to be the best version of themselves, show up how they are and be accepted, not only accepted, but honored for that. For honored for their skills, you know, we don't, not all of us have every single skill we need. Some of us are great at something, but often, especially maybe in job performances and report cards, if we're going back to the school uh-huh. days, yeah. Yeah. it's the bad stuff that we're not talking too much in class and you're not doing this on time that we're focusing on instead of like, wow, you are super good with donors. We, we we put you in front of donors because you're great with them. Yeah, and we just focus on the good qualities. Not only does that help the help the person, helps the organization. Yeah,
1: well, it, I think that the new year and the like turning of the calendar <laughs> is often a time when yeah. our nonprofits are looking at okay, how do we plan for the year ahead? What what is, what do the numbers look like? Yeah. What is our strategy look like? And that aligns with the same time of year that folks are doing their New Year's resolutions and they're planning in the personal. We're a month into 2024. 2024 is an eight year, which I know you are a numerologist. Can you talk to us about why this might be a good time for people to embrace abundance? What does an eight year
2: mean? And so in numerology, um, every year that we take the total of the date. So this for this year, two, zero, two, four, for 2024, we add them together, we get eight. And so it has the vibration of the number eight. Okay. Eight is the number of abundance. So of course (laughs) my number, I'm excited about it. It's also the um, number of success, financial success, power. Um, but ba- also balances in there too. Mm. So anything that you focus on grows this year. So if you're focusing on all the good stuff in your life, it's going to grow. If you're focusing on scarcity, guess what? That's going to grow too. Mm. So this is just one of those years where you really, really want to, uh, you know, fine tune and focus on what it is that you want. Starting with success, like redefining it. What does success even mean? Is success just the numbers that you make at the end of the year? Right. And if that's it, that is not gonna motivate people. Yes. It's just not. You know, That's where burnout comes in, where we're just working for that. So redefining what does success mean for you individually, but also for your organization. Does success at the end of the year mean that we all feel fulfilled in our job, that we're all happy, that maybe we have low turnover as a result of everybody being happy and working on their inner peace and their gratitude? Maybe that's how you define success. I don't know. But I think it's definitely we need to get away from success equaling the numbers in the bank yeah, or the yeah. numbers that you've made. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Money just is just not a good motivator. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, just isn't <laughs> well, and I think we're told that it is,
3: yeah. and it should be, right? And that, and that—that's what everything's arcing towards. So people are working in jobs for wages that then become the definition of success for them in organizations with fundraising. Capitalism, goals.
1: Capitalism.
3: right? Well, <laughs> yes. I mean, we can, you know, but but I think within all of that, um, the this is purpose driven work yeah. this is mission driven work and and that that's the whole challenge in the sector is that you're putting mission driven work up against financial investment for people and you know so i think there's a lot to unpack there and but i think um, really sort of giving people agency and that yeah. becomes a really big piece P-I-E-C-E-N-P-E-A, <laughs> right? All the pieces. All
1: the pieces. <laughs> well, Re- Renee, I think that um, your podcast is something that sets sort of the energy for me for the week often. So I want to encourage if this is a new idea for folks yeah. and they want to think about, okay, I want to attract more good in my life. I want to feel good. I want to focus on an abundance mindset and they're looking for a place to start. I find that your Sunday podcast, it's like a nice little short weekly post helps me just to sort of have a good vibe and a good mindset for the week and, um, plan for all of the, like, the things coming ahead that might be hard or might be sticky, it makes me sort of think of, well, how am I going to approach that differently? Or how am I going to create some uh, abundance in this moment or some ease in this moment? So I love your podcast. I want to encourage folks to to listen to Abundology out every Sunday. But also you offer a lot of Support services and resources to folks. So, when we come back, I want to dive into how people can contact you, how people can make this practice shift in their life. But we're going to take another short break and then we'll be right back.
3: Great.
0: The fundraising elevator is recorded at the AV department in Portland, Oregon. For years, they've been our trusted partner, delivering exceptional audio visual production and videography for nonprofits. In 2020, they transformed into a dynamic live streaming studio, producing more than 900 virtual and hybrid events. Now, we embark on an exciting journey together to bring you this podcast. Seeking the best in live events, video production, and live streaming? We proudly recommend our friends at the AV department. Link in the episode description.
1: All right. Well, we're back at the fundraising elevator here talking about abundance. And we've talked about abundance. We've talked about gratitude. And with that in mind, I'm wondering for you, Renee, as we start to think about next steps, how do we start to embrace this and how we start to redefine success? What is the shift that we can coach folks toward or help people to move from simply um, defining goals by a finish line versus a process?
2: yeah I think the shift is focusing on more what you want to feel, mm-hmm. what you want to experience in your life. And once again, we're we're doing this work because it's uh, purpose driven as far. we want that feeling. And if we're focusing on what gives us that feeling, it gives me that feeling when I'm working one-on-one with the donors or the uh, the mission that we're, you know whatever that may be, focusing on the feeling, Instead of the dollar amount, mm. mm-hmm. that's that. really where intention starts too. If we're talking, yeah. <laughs> we're talk about intention. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, because even when we're setting an intention for you know an event, the intention may be, I want to raise three hundred thousand dollars. That's our intention, right? But like, you're, we're missing it here. Yeah, like really, the intention is we want everybody to have a great time. You know, we want to end the night feeling fulfilled and um, like we've made uh, some dent in the world, some sort of help that we've done. We want the people to go home talking about how great it was so they come back next year. You know, there's there's more to intention than Mm -hmm. just the dollar amount.
1: Yeah, we ask mm-hmm. all the time, wh- how, what is the purpose? Why are you bringing people yeah. together? And the like dumbfounded look sometimes of it's raising money. What do you think the purpose is? And I'm like, but what do you want people leaving their feeling and connected mm-hmm. to and doing and inspired by? And that's a much harder question, Renee. <laughs> yeah,
2: it is. I know this isn't surface level stuff. We're starting to no. get to the deep stuff. And yeah. we're just talking about our spiritual work. There's a lot in here, you know, owning our power, acceptance, you know, surrender, um, focusing our energy. There's a lot of stuff in here that we can bring into our personal lives, clearly to our professional lives too. Well, do you want
1: to hop on the fundraising elevator? Let's do it. So
3: every episode we bring our guests with us into the fundraising elevator. Let's start first in the penthouse. So I'm wondering if you can talk to us about an event You've been to, that was all the right things for you, and what made it so? It can be a fundraising event or otherwise, but just sort of like one of
2: those gatherings that you were like, yes. You know, this was in Portland when I lived there, and it was um, an environmental um, organization, and they did a campfire campfire theme. And so it was just so fun. They asked you to, d- to dress up as if you were going camping and they had all these different Um, Events around the room. One of them was making s'mores. They had brought in all these big logs and they had this dude playing the guitar and (laughs) everyone was singing campfire (laughs) songs. You know, they served dinner on like camp, those metal camp um, plates. Excellent. And then the cocktails were like in those metal, you know, mugs that you take when you're camping. Um, And then everything would just have that theme. You'd, um, they were clearly selling things. They were selling artwork that was nature themed. And then you could buy a backpack, but it wasn't just camping stuff. Like one backpack was full of like hair products. You know, one backpack was full of, you know, I don't even, yoga Mine, mats yes. and yoga's. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> even, and it was just so much fun. Like I didn't want to leave and everybody was just having well, i remember one time they were singing these songs you know around the camp the one guy with the guitar and there must have been i don't know 4 or 500 people there everybody started singing the song that's amazing that is amazing it, and talk about being in that energy yeah you know when we forget it's again where it's the energy that we're selling and i want to buy that energy of fun you know, uh, mm-hmm. would you like this is new and fun, and I'm part of something. Nobody left. I mean, it was time to they were closing down, and everybody was still hanging around. you know <laughs> it's funny, I it think was, those yeah. three so
1: much fun. those three things go hand in hand yeah. abundance, gratitude, and fun. Like those often are happening in the same space at the same time. And when I see events really like achieving fundraising goals, there is often a lot of fun and joy associated. And there is also just a lot of gratitude associated. So I think that those three go together really well. It's a great example. Well, they're
3: all welcome mats, right? And so when we talk about creating immersive experiences at events, which really resonate with people and take them into the heart of the mission or the heart of the fun or whatever that is, these are all welcome mats to bring people into the space versus tense, weird social (laughs) hours with really long lines and a convoluted, you know, like, speakers. I mean, all of those things, <laughs> like when you put obstacles to literally just opening the door and saying, welcome, yes. we see you, we're glad you're here, come on in, let's have some fun together. It's a totally different vibe, right?
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, if we're, if no, we're go. talking also about different ways to um, attract more money and get more yeah. money to you, we have to be innovative, the old fashioned, which, you know, I've been to, I can't tell you how many fundraisers <laughs> like this, the silent auction, the dinner with the chicken and the overcooked asparagus, and then the paddle raise, you know,
3: yeah,
2: it worked well. And that's outdated now. It is. So now we need fun, innovative, cool things to do. Totally yes. agree.
3: It's, you have to throw the party you want to go to, Yeah, (laughs) you know, and I think, I think sometimes we get in the trappings of the thing. And then when we sit back and look at it and go, yeah, no, I wouldn't go to that. Mm -mm. I would not have any fun there. That's not what I want to do. Let's go down to the boiler room where all the tools live. What, what are some, some key sort of tactical, smaller pieces you would, you would give to fundraisers right now to make sure they have in their toolbox? to start creating some momentum in this space?
2: Well, I think the most powerful one besides the ones we've talked about already would be visualization. Mm. Visualizing how you want the event to go and visualizing really how you wanna feel when the event is done at the end of the night, like you've closed the door. And you you know, everybody's gone and you're standing there with your team. And I'm gonna get a little teary even thinking about it, but you know, you're all holding hands and you're so proud of the job that you did, you know? And that you're all in this together and everybody had a great time. They all sing, you know, songs around the campfire, Uh whatever it may be, (laughs) you know? But leading you, starting from that point, visualizing how you want to feel at the end of the evening we hit our money goal we had a great time everybody had fun we accomplished this together as a team so that visualizing ahead of time when we know all the people that are super successful in life this is what they do michael mm-hmm. jordan you know he's yeah. talked a lot about you know yeah pr- he practiced but he said <laughs> what shifted him into the great michael jordan was the visualization visualizing yeah. himself making those shots I we can, forget how powerful we are, or how powerful our minds are. Yeah,
1: yeah. I can attest to that. the um, That idea of visualizing, helping to create some neural pathways. In my work, I get asked asked all the time on event sites, "How are you so calm?" And that is an element that I deploy often. Is that if I if I'm going into an event feeling nervous about something, if there's an aspect of the event that feels unknown to me, I will name it and then I will visualize it. And how it should go, meaning these are the ways that I want it to feel successful. This is the way we're going to get through that hiccup. This is what we're going to do to make sure that if there is a problem that arises, that we have five solutions at our fingertips. And I will walk through every event from beginning to end to all the way to that moment of how do we want to leave feeling. And I no longer feel stressed about those two or three things before an event that were making me nervous. So I definitely think that there is a real science happening. I mean, I think sometimes when we talk about our spirituality, people are like, eh, that's woo, I'm not going to get into (laughs) it. But there is a real like neuroscience happening in our brains with visualization. So thank you for bringing that that solution to the table. I think it's really effective.
2: Yeah. I'm not surprised at all that you already do this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, if folks want to dive further into an abundance mindset and how to shift abundance in their work life, in their home life, how do you engage with folks? Cause I know you talked about an event you've been to that was a fundraising event. I, I, I know that you also produce your own events that are gatherings, that are workshops. So how do people find you? How can they work with you? What kind of support could you offer to folks who
2: are looking to shift into abundance? Well, you can make an appointment directly with me on my website, Abundology.com. I offer 30 or 60 minutes appointments. Um, I do work with organizations. You can buy Mm, packages too, and they send all their employees. So they may buy a package of, I don't know, 10 hours and one hour for each employee to kind of set the tone. Um, I also, I don't talk about this much, it's not on my website, but if you're interested in (laughs) it, there is a science to holding the energy of an event. And I know this is what the two of you do already, like with your visualization and, but they're holding the energy so that it's positive so that everything works out. All of that is something else that I do. And I also do like really super fun women's wisdom circles and, you know, money manifesting classes and that sort of stuff too, which you can find all that info on my website.
1: And your podcast on Sundays. Po- oh, yeah,
2: and a podcast.
1: <laughs> so your podcast is on YouTube on Sundays, right? And yeah, occasionally... On Sundays, and all the
2: podcast platforms, too. Yeah.
1: Oh, great. And occasionally you have um, guests on, I know you do the horoscope uh, episode, and that's usually a little bit longer of a podcast. Um, you have a partner in the
2: horoscope world. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about her podcast? Yeah, so um, Deborah Norton and I, quarterly, we get together and we talk about what we can expect with the astrology for that quarter. Um, And so we just did one a couple weeks ago for what to expect for 2024, and then we'll do another one in March, kind of to what to expect from March to June, and then throughout the year. Yeah, but I do also have other guests. In a couple months, I'm having somebody on that talks to trees. Oh. She talks to trees and animals. Amazing. So kind of cool and different and not something you run into every day. So I try to just, you know, put fun things on fun again. Yes. Fun mm-hmm. things things on there that are interesting that maybe you haven't heard of before. I love it. Well, love thank it. you for
1: sharing your wisdom and your abundance and your time with us today. Such a valuable it's commodity. Um, I Renee, hope, we
3: are grateful for you. We are very, we grateful. are very grateful for
1: you. And I am very hopeful that folks in the nonprofit work, which is not easy work, nope. start to celebrate and find some joy, some gratitude, and start to if for nothing else for themselves. Yes, and start to lean into put this your mask on shift. first. Renee, thank you for being here. We appreciate you. Thank you so much, you guys. Have a great day.
0: The Fundraising Elevator is produced in partnership with Swaim Strategies at the studios of the AV Department. The program is produced by April Clark and directed by Steve Osborne, with audio engineering and original music by Dwayne Anderson and Heidi Christensen. Video production by Chris Peterson, Whitney Gomes, and Nathan Bouquet. Video editing by Steve Osborne. Graphic design by Pendulum Creative Group, and support from Sophia Keller, John Lyles, and Andy Dowsett. Loving the fundraising elevator, but wondering how you can talk to Sam and Kristen? Well, now's your chance to do it. Book one-on-one consulting time with Swain Strategies experts, Sam, Kristen, and Mary, and get all your event questions answered. Our team has you covered on strategic planning, fundraising strategy, storytelling, data tools, and registration support. Get the tools and the help you need to make the most impact at your fundraising event. Book at elevatenonprofit.com. The link is also in our show notes.